Fair enough. Hello, everyone. Comedy gold. Comedy doggone gold. Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle Perez. I don't really have a, any sort of audio cue to think about that's a sort of glib lead into the noise before that couch flip song. Today's a chilling day. The energies are too high. The posts too too fountainous and numerous in their number. We thought we'd fuck around and sort of talk out something that I think has been on a lot of people's minds. Right now, unemployment, uh, actually, at pretty record lows. Uh, the thing a lot of people don't take into account when looking at statistics relating to, you know, notoriously low uh, unemployment numbers, is that a lot of people are nowadays working three or four jobs. Uh, like, it's very strange, uh, but very few people are also getting hired onto jobs in the, the way they once were in the past. The, the negotiation part of what does and does not uh, constitute an employee slash a, a contractor or, or, or subcontracted person. I feel like this is something we've kind of talked about a bit on the pod. But there are just moments uh, that I mean recently this had happened with the... Uh, is sort of a great malaise. I forget the name of the actual phenomena in the news where basically a bunch of people were just saying, no, fuck it. If I could still get unemployment benefits, I have to weigh out living paycheck to paycheck in this way that I figured out to do during COVID. Or, you know, fuck it. I will just brave that uh, work environment and just become another dead food service worker. I want to fucking die for chilies. And many people said, no, that's fine. Uh, like, oh, uh, great resignation. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you to Lucy. Uh, I, I, I don't think it really held as long as, uh, it was for that two to three month stretch, but I've had this conversation over and over with people at uh, one of the plate. Well, actually, right now, my only real side job. Uh, and a guy, God, in the middle of his shift, he, he, he just fucking up and quit. He, he basically got his check. And this was literally on 420. And he just said, you know what? Uh, my two weeks versus getting incredibly high... Uh, and I already have direct deposits set up. Hmm, what am I going to do? And he said, fuck it, I'm going to burn one. And he did. Today, uh, we kind of try to think about him differently. All of us, collectively. My coworkers all said, dude, it's kind of shitty to just leave us all hanging like that right before rush hits. Then I thought... You know what? Smoking a lot of weed at that point in time probably felt really good to him, too. Maybe he hasn't had anything good in a while. I can't really judge him that harshly. And today, that, that's who we're thinking about. This this guy, the guy who said, 
uh, fuck it, I'm not doing this. Or as Johnny Paycheck once said, take this job and shove it. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? Hi, Michelle. <sighs> I'm doing well. Um, we uh, wanted to do a somewhat chill episode this week per request of Michelle and others and myself as well. And uh, it came across to me that we hadn't talked about this aspect of potentially the avenue one gets to working on themselves, <clears throat> which is getting fired or fucking quitting from a yeah. job you don't like. Um, it's really hard, I think, in my experience to get, I mean, it's not like people don't get fired from jobs they enjoy. More or less, that's more of like a layoff. Um, mm -hmm. But to me, in the times that I've personally gotten laid, laid off or fired, it has been more or less a direct response to my um, lack of enthusiasm for said work. Uh, also, more recently, I know that Ruben joined the uh, Forces of Fun Employment while also going through a bit of a shift himself. He's not just laying on his butt, but it came to mind. And uh, I wanted to open with actually Ruben to talk about his most recent experience. Hello. Uh, yeah, I got fired. Uh... Let's see. If we want to go through the entirety of the experience. Yes, actually. Yeah, I think we do. Uh, uh, I've been told this already, but I'm going to wait and all. Sorry. I've only ever heard little slips of this because I know you don't talk about your work that often. Uh, so the rest of my uh, employment changes uh, were all voluntary, more or less of me. A supervisor liking me and then me not doing a job anymore because it's horseshit and then them being like we kind of have to fire you soon and i was like i can put in my two weeks before you fire me and they're like okay that's cool this one is a bit different um trying to remember here uh well it, first it started with um potentially or allegedly a general malaise and lack of me wanting to do a job that i should get a raise for um but they just weren't hearing it. Uh, so I locked uh, my rate of production uh, to a substandard rate, but an acceptable rate uh, because you couldn't really just, oh, can you do some more work? And I'm like, sure. And then I do the exact same amount of work every day. Uh, I was moved to answering emails for customer service. Um, so my hourly rate of emails flatlined at a certain point uh, because they're uh not negotiating wages or what have you uh so they then what is it uh it's very bad if someone's shit goes missing so someone's shit went missing and it was potentially my fault in my eyes it wasn't my fault but uh to the company it would be and i could see where they're coming from on that um but to me uh it was more that uh if you somehow have a company without like standard operating procedure uh or uh, know what you're doing as a supervisor for like a decade, then like things like this would be really easy to avoid. And I threw it back at them in an HR meeting and recorded them to ask them uh, if they had any proof that there was, that I had violated policy that they had put down. Uh, I asked them if they had written policy anywhere at all in their desks or offices or had anything uh, that would show that i had done something incorrectly and uh so they didn't love that uh and then they waited three months and then let me go off of a very bunk performance review uh stating that i was 
still on like a work performance thing and getting let go because during a 90-day probation period or whatever, you can't do anything else, although it was 90 days from when that period started and whatever else. Uh, they offered a shitty severance and I just bounced. Uh, for what it was worth, it was very fun and encouraging to uh i'm trying to change uh my job field now uh, it was really nice to uh tell everyone to fuck off um also recording your managers is very funny they do not like it uh so if Ooh, you want yeah, any talk, tips on that how did that yes i do i'm actually like walk me through how that experience went uh so the first thing is that you want to look into what are your uh recording rights in your state uh, so a right to record state will have a couple variables that are very common so for me in arizona uh, the right to record was you can record you can legally record any conversation you're a part of and you do not have to make anyone privy to that recording um what else was it oh yeah and it has to be in a public space uh so any so obviously if you're trying to secretly record something but you're on private property that wouldn't uh, be acceptable, but private property is uh, residential uh, property. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is um, usually referred to as either one party or two party consent in terms of audio recording. So a one party consent state means that in that particular state, only one party in the conversation has to consent in order for the recording to be made, which means that because you consent to recording the conversation, you can record it and you do not have to inform the other person that they are being recorded. Um, actually, that last part you should check on your local laws because I'm not sure if that's true. In yeah, every they can waffle. State. They can waffle the last part, but yeah, it, it, there will be a law in your state. About in two how many party consent means. state, both of them have to consent to it. Um, and be informed, or it is illegal to make the conversation or to uh, make the recording, and it is also illegal to present it as evidence in any particular court action that might occur. So, one party consent state, you can bring your recordings in and be like, "Here's my recording. It was legal. I made it legally. Now it can be, it can be evidence legally." So, so there you go. That's the difference. Those are the terms you want to Google if you are thinking about doing this in your state. Google name of your state. One party consent, two party consent, et cetera. There you go. Great. Oh yeah. So once you have that, you can either, if you're one party consent, you can just walk in. Uh, you don't even have to tell them if you don't want to. It was on my phone though. And I wasn't going to spend any extra effort being like under the covers about this to get them to reveal what they were doing. Like I was already on the, on the way out the door. I was usually just stalling until they fired me anyway. Uh, so yeah. So I just walked into their fun little HR meeting. They thought they would have... Uh, three fucking people present, an HR representative to talk me down, and my two supervisors who were too chicken shit to say anything. And then I said, all right, cool, we can do this meeting. Uh, do you mind if I record everyone? Uh, one person immediately ran out of the room, which is to say the HR representative. And uh, the other the supervisor tried to say, well, you don't have to. It's just a conversation. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm allowed to record anything that I would want to because we're uh in a public space not residential so inside of a business you're expected to have people there that's the thing you want to look into as well if they have any different per state writing about um what would constitute a private space because it's specified i got specifics that read out if you're at work people are expected to be there so it cannot be considered a private space some people might say it's private property our business is private property you can't record here but 
if you have workers show up in person, that's mm, that's going to be a little iffy for you. Um, so yeah, I, I just waited until they fucking calmed the hell down, and, and then that's where I gave them about uh, my side of the story, which is that they fucked everything up. Um, they tried to run out of the room to say I couldn't record them. I said, I'll wait until you confirm with the other HR representative, because I don't know why you don't know this stuff already. First HR representative. Um, and then I dress them down for 20 minutes saying they can't do their job and that uh, all of these accusations that are trying to terminate me with uh, I just implied is the manager's folly uh, here and here multiple times which is why it seems like it was a cover-up when I got fired exactly 90 days later for uh, an incredibly minor offense that no one thinks is a fireable offense um, Question. but at will states yeah. I was just about to ask okay so Arizona is at will employment yeah, Arizona's at-will employment. I accidentally let them create a paper trail that they could fire me without taking them to court over it. Oh. Uh, my biggest mistake was talking a bunch of shit, but then not getting it on paper that I want to appeal the program they put me under to have me on like a 90-day performance uh, look-back thing. Oh, yeah, Michelle? Yeah, I was going to ask, how many years did you work there? Memory serves, it was more than one, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I was beginning my third year. Uh, so that was like the month my third year started, I think. And it was also a friend referral job and the friend still worked there. And they still work there. And their spouse is in a supervisor position. So I'm not a great referral. Uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But between like, I don't know, owning like, just like 60 knives. Uh, this 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 was the straw that broke the camel's no i'm fucking with you um yeah i mean just just in the moment like uh did it feel good did it feel bad did it feel bittersweet um no it just felt, it felt great to yell at people that are bad at their jobs and you can prove it uh that feels incredible uh no downsides to that uh even if they want to fire you they can fire me at any point and i would have just been flying about it um if it was under better circumstances i could have at least maybe ignored there should be severance they only wanted to, they wanted to cut me two paychecks for some fucking reason and i was like why do you guys even have fucking severance that's not even part of anyone's deal uh they were trying to they wanted to get an nd on nda on paper is seemingly was the main point to do that um because i wasn't secretly sending emails and documentation to myself uh, when i work there to cover my tracks i don't do that um but I encourage anyone at home to maybe look into anything they could do safely in that regard to cover their house. Um, I was trying to look into ways that I could have said that I had made reports to OSHA to see if I could get them for retaliation because they don't check all of the emails I sent. I was going to just send an email from my company account to OSHA and then see when they try to fire me and so I could fuck them over with it. Um, but I'm not good at legal stuff. I got other shit to do. I don't have time to get uh, tied up in, in being a little fun well fun guy and then i got and then uh yeah it's been like a month since i got fired and uh living on that sweet severance money that's what's up yeah uh, i was about to wow. say like i uh that's the nuclear option like generally i i can't speak for everyone but i've been in somewhat similar positions i don't think i was quite as ballsy as ruben um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I, I have, I have gone through the same level of curbing my productivity and not giving a shit. 
when uh, poked by the bear to get it to, to like quote unquote get it up or get it together. Um, I'm trying to think about. Yeah, I mean, good for you though. In all honesty, because that was like my background is in uh, prior to what I'm currently doing, which is just school and trying to work part time in other shitty places. The, the only two jobs I've been let go from were also uh, customer service related jobs. Yep. less for productivity reasons the second time but the first time uh i got fired from amazon which is in seattle kind of just like no one gives a shit like you, can, you just tell them you got fired from amazon and they go great for you i don't know you're it's it's too good in the sense that you straddle the line between sort of being fired but then taking an active participation in your own quitting i think like I think any time I've like lost a job, it was genuinely under bummer circumstances. I was like falling asleep slightly in a Nintendo factory and really fucking up the tests. Basically, uh, a big standard use for like Nintendo Wii unit testing uh, was uh, basically playing the Double Dash opening video. And you'd reach a certain point where the graphics can be rendered. You're legibly, you know, seeing all of the text and the audio is coming out. Likewise, uh, there's like a repurposed game where you enter a test mode. It's one of those things where if you've experimented with it as a kid or you read an old back issue of Tips and Tricks, there's a debug method where you hold down a reset button and a certain visual outcome happens. We do crap like that. Uh, during one of the, the processes on a line for that, uh, it can all kind of blur into one another. And yeah, it's really weird and undignified because like when you get let go at like a physical Nintendo location, uh, they kind of make it like a weird ordeal. They kind of like right now, like, like, uh, like they had an, a manager to my immediate right as I spoke to HR, uh, and they all have like, at least at the time, they all had an o- open air setup that is generally in a warehouse. Can I ask if, a question? Oh, this is at Kirkland, Jake. Yeah, I was going to ask. So not Redmond, different location? Redmond is where you get bus to Kirkland. To Got work. it. Okay. That's, yeah. that's exactly what I was wondering, because I was just reading about the current issues at Nintendo of America. Um, oh yeah, that yeah were, no. there was a big report out about that. My slime I, they mentioned the Redmond campus. My my slime my slime trail leads everywhere. Oh, the Redmond campus I think is where they have a a little like office adjacent to Digipen. They're they're on the same property. Yes, it's 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 Microsoft Digipen and Nintendo yeah. of America all on like the yeah. same acreage. Just basically imagine pre-transition me which uh you had actually met before big bald guy large arms uh i'm not gonna lie i looked like vincent d'onofrio playing a white supremacist uh to that end i was working and living with funny enough a a now transitioned uh person uh we both mutually we know we don't need to mention by name uh, at the time and was living in a college house it was basically me telling my brother to fuck off i was tired of his drug habit 
I was tired of dealing with a bunch of junkies in my house. And after I left, uh, these morons stole my guns. They stole my, uh, they, they stole my old 12 gauge. It's terrible. Uh, that said, what are you going to do? I, I left. I said, Hey man, I love you, but I'm not going to stay here and watch all that shit happen to you. Hmm. No, but yeah, I have an Irish buddy that, uh, paid for the flight to visit, went to a convention, uh, got incredibly drunk. Uh, several weeks later, uh, after this continues, uh, sort of a bender bleeding into what would actually happen, which was that I'd, uh, end up working at Nintendo. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie, like, if your body can take it and you're much younger, uh, this was like me at 19 or 20. Yeah, just go ape shit. Just absolutely destroy yourself as much as humanly possible. Maybe don't do like like heroin or shit like that, but generally just have some fun. Uh it was incredibly fun. I learned so much. Uh but yeah, the the real anchor was working at Nintendo right around uh right around the time when when the the economic crisis was going off it was basically where the recession uh hit and then sometime later like uh it 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 basically had this massive culture war thing of uh, obama being elected and me being at a major liberal like center I was in i was in redmond where all the fucking tech people live like everyone that finger wags you on twitter and sort of passively lets you know they're you're better i lived in a cul-de-sac with these people i lived i i lived with everyone that is basically suspected of QAnon shit <laughs> that was my life at one point or another uh and yeah, this this place somehow uh, the drudgery of Nintendo in particular was so weird and and mindless. I I could take a Nintendo Wii unit apart in probably like fifty seconds with a with a a very tiny sort of uh, high end drill. Just go at each of these points, take it off. Um, take off a sort of circuit board connected to a panel they split in half real easy then you separate all of those bits into individual bins that then go to recyclers or anyone that can repurpose this or that or just outright destroy it incinerate it whatever there are always weird things you would find well Michelle, all let me that ask shit. you real quick when you're at uh when you're working at nintendo your, your yeah. Japan, what have you? Um, would, did you see any uh, occurrences of Mario time before that was a thing? Well, wait, what is that? Mario time was apparently allegedly the phrase used as crunch time for Nintendo employees, and while they're being worked to death, they're told it's Mario time. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, they didn't do that back then. Uh, the thing they really were into was five S which is basically like sort of an ergonomic system slash group exercise system. Um, 
where you're sort of trying to instill the 5S uh, need to keep people taught. It's actually, 5S isn't inherently bad. You're like keeping yourself alert, awake. You're exercising mildly. You're being active because you're largely in a sedentary situation. Uh, apparently, all of the very excessive shit happened uh, a, a bit after I left. The stuff I didn't like seeing there was basically all of the uh, older people that were working on the handhelds that are basically kept in the back uh, back end of the building uh, back then. Basically, it was very hot. Anytime it was massively hot, they bring in factory fans. And they never fucking pointed it towards those old folks. And so what I would do with the Wii controllers, uh, back where those old folks are, is I test the gyroscopes. I have a little, they have like a little software interface that shows where what is. You manipulate your hand in this direction or that direction, and you see the axis on screen. So you just have a right. bunch of fucking old sweaty people, and they are keeping in very good spirits a great deal of the fucking time. And I'm, I'm, I'm at this point like just sweating because I probably haven't had a drink and I've been drinking for eight days straight and going berserk and they're all like soldiering through it and uh basically just basically basically like keeping up appearances and uh, uh right a lot of a lot of the, uh you know a lot of the people uh, working there basically went for went for you know uh x amount of reasons but a lot of these people were from various ethnic enclaves in Seattle and associated city areas. Like, in terms of leaving, it, it, they they fucking absolutely went overboard. The, the HR lady, she said, uh, "All right, they were, why they were do you think you out? They had like why do you think why do you think we're doing open this? Face. Why are you? Yeah, you talk us Jesus. talk us through that. Talk us through like what you got." Let oh, go or, or what happened with you, you specifically? I was, I was falling asleep. I was falling oh, right. asleep because okay, it's fucking that. warm in there. Yep. It's it's constantly <laughs> kept it just fall asleep temperature. Mm, it's like I've struggled with sleep stuff. You have all of these old as hell, over caffeinated people sitting through this, and they stink back there, and fucking all the young people stink, and I'm falling asleep. It it was simple as I mm. got narked on by an old Russian lady. <laughs> It was dog shit. No solidarity. You're doing this because I'm a napper. Is that what you told Yeah, yeah. You just think I like to nap. Is that it? And no, no, I would nap. Security came to me before for napping. They were having me get superconductors. And again, a place without a fan. What am I going to do? Not fall asleep? It Fall asleep temperature? It's insane. The last I, 77 for you what do you think uh what's your, what's your ideal fall sleep temperature michelle uh 70 77 to 79 like 79 is pushing it that's reasonable you know i don't want full 80 but yeah and this happens and oh god she's she, i i asked okay i i don't know i may have to call my roommate to get a ride back is it okay to like take the shuttle back and she's like i don't know is it going to be okay 
It's just like, what, what do you want from me? You won, man. I'm gone. And then, yeah, no, the supervisor, like, that was responsible for my firing, looked over to the left, looked down. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, God. I, I'm, I, I don't want to be like Dennis Leary to say, like, a bunch of stupid platitudes, but, like, every asshole that, wear, that wears one of those form-fitting things that he believes is going to make him faster as he leans forward on his bike. Uh, I hope all of you die in traffic. Uh, I I hope you go through every bus. Uh, he looked like such an asshole as he had just rode off, and I'm just sitting there, hand, hands in my face. I'm crying. It's my first time I've lost a job. But yeah, no, I, I hope that guy was atomized. He obviously isn't, and he's probably happy living a good life with his family and stuff. But in that moment, I thought he was the Antichrist. Yeah, I feel like there's never, like, you're never, I, I, every time I've gotten fired, or which is to say two times, um, I have absolutely had zero respect for the people giving me the news. <laughs> like, like, none at all. Like, not, like, and maybe it could happen. Maybe you could get laid off from a job where the person telling Ruben, you is, like, really sad or, like, really, like, your friend. Ruben, did, did anyone, did you, did you respect anyone? So, uh, at least on my first firing, I had a nice supervisor. Uh, just, cool just, just the one you had mentioned. <clears throat> so, the current one, no. Uh, fuck everyone there. Um, y'all can eat shit. The only person I did like wasn't present at the firing. Um, I gave them a nice Christmas gift for the Christmas exchange. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's very rare. Um, I only appreciate the one firing i had that was quote unquote not a firing uh from my first job about seven years ago in arizona uh i had to do mortgage mm -hmm. processing and uh hold that thought hold that thought we, we still gotta get through we got we gotta get through everyone yeah so all right so basically this is this is i will say the i'll start at the first time i got laid off this is where both of the people letting me go absolutely spineless um not to say they could have well i mean i think at the end of the day they could have done things but here's how it works i was at my first real um let's say desk job and it was at amazon in 2014 to 2015 working in seller support i probably talked about this on our little origins episode but not in a, a such detail um seller support is just customer support, but you're making slightly more an hour because you're dealing with people whose business is sold through Amazon. So you learn the ins and outs of how people actually list shit for sale on Amazon. You learn about all of the other storefronts that aren't Amazon. So like when you click something on Amazon and you see all the options underneath it, everyone can probably, you know, seen that experience at this point. Um, all those people that's, it's just like eBay. It's an alternative to eBay for a lot of certain types of businesses, alternative to Etsy slash competitor slash whatever. So we get trained in that. Um, it is part uh, regular customer service, part like stupid crisis management because business owners love to freak out about everything. Uh, the soft skills of the job include a lot of just consoling people, telling people how to calm down, showing people how to work the uh, business end of their website. And the stakes are marginally higher because in customer service at Amazon, you can literally just go, sorry, you're refunded, click, here's your money back. And a lot of times in seller support, it's like a little more complicated than that. It's 
more like, hey, I can't find my shit. I sent it to the Amazon warehouse and oh. like it's not received. And so you have to track people, it down. It's a people business. It's a people business. Yeah. It's 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 one of the more people-y aspects of the way that company operates. There is a escalations team that uh, went directly to a team that was called like the Jeff team, which meant that anytime a seller sent an angry email to Jeff Bezos, it didn't actually, it went to that team. It didn't actually go to Jeff Bezos. They were like the effective representatives of, of that arm or whatever for the, the high level clients. Cause there are like, like big businesses have Amazon storefronts and do have like accounts and all that kind of stuff. I didn't deal with any of that. What I did manage to do was have enough soft skills to parlay the regular work, which was waiting for a phone call, which fucking sucked. Sitting in a queue waiting for a phone is one of the worst ways to work. Uh, psychologically damaging, I would say, handled <laughs> in a number of different ways that are annoying. Um, just, yeah. But I was able to parlay that into doing emails and eventually doing, manage, not manager work, uh, supervisor type work, where you would actually go to other people who were on calls having problems and you would help them solve their problems instead of doing your own shit. Because that was like basically a, 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 a system that was built into Amazon's customer service thing you could if you're on a call and shit's not happening you could literally click a button on your interface and a supervisor would come over and be like hey what's up so i got to be doing that for a while and then the course of that started learning that like basically different ways to shave effort out of my job so because i was doing supervisor work i meant i didn't have to sit waiting for phone calls that was really the only motivation i had for doing supervising work right you're really just learning the ways in which you can mitigate your effort because from the moment you're there you are learning if you're astute that the system does not value you it values your output uh but only to a certain extent so you have to ride this balance um here's where you can still fail even if you manage to ride the balance amazon had a system whereby if you were late to work you could use your time off your banked time off to mitigate that so i could roll into work fucking two hours late or maybe not two hours but like let's say i think anytime before 11 15 on a scheduled arrival of 9 a.m., I could come into work. As long as I called in by then, um, it, it would just be taken out of my, my time off. And I could just work my hours. And as long as I had time off to fuck with that, like it was this weird way of mitigating coming in late to work. Now, if you didn't do that, by the 11.15 deadline of that day, you just fucked your chances. You couldn't actually go back and do it again. And, it would, and that was the, the reprimand. So when you're me and you don't care about your job in the first place and you are getting used to abusing these systems and you're also uh, maybe not entirely cognizant throughout the day because you're depressed as hell and you're not always uh, timely in the first place, you, you start stacking infractions, right? And so this is where you, you, you test a different stress point of the system. How many of these infractions can I get as long as I'm actually doing good work? Will they care? So I got a warning. I got maybe six-ish months later, a final warning for a second infraction. And I want to say like six months later after that, I got a second final warning, which was essentially the stress test limit of the system. Um, I kept doing the same mistake. I kept calling, I kept coming in late, not calling in at the right time, and then being like, fuck, sorry, like I have the hours to cover it. I just didn't call in at the right time. Um, and I was so like, 
pretty stuck in my ways on, on, on fixing this. To be clear, I didn't like, I made mistakes. I didn't perform. I didn't do a very simple thing. And a lot of the reasons I failed to do that were personal. Um, but the system that I was in was so annoying and it let me get away with it for so like frequently that I stopped. I, I became more interested in if I could get away with it than fixing my behavior. <laughs> um, so eventually I'm brought in and it is the maybe fourth time I've had this infraction. Uh, and my manager and a HR guy who I've barely ever talked to, who like just sits on our floor and doesn't talk to anybody. They take me aside and they just explain why I'm being let go. And I basically talk through them like, okay, so it's not because I'm bad at my job and it's not because I'm not valued because I missed a thing four times. Even, and they're like, yes. And I was like, okay, man. <laughs> like, uh, I think I called the job depressing. I wasn't like chewing anyone out. I think I just looked them both in the eye and said, this place is depressing. Um, and I actually went then to the one person who I, who had kind of not gotten me the job, but was the, first, the only person I knew. Every job I've gotten more or less, save for one, I have at least known someone at the organization who could have put in a rec for me or whatever. Um, they were the only person I was really like, I felt actually like disappointed. I was like, shit, man, like, I just got fired. Sorry. Like, not that it matters to you, but uh, that was the only person that I felt like, I didn't let them down, but I just felt embarrassed about it, you know? Um, but the lesson there was, was pretty eye-opening in that if you're not enjoying your job, sometimes you can't help, like you, like you will find ways to fuck up, even if, even if they are very easy to, to, to correct ways. I it's mean, value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. talking about like subconsciously, like yes, you just I'm talking about subconsciously poking like, out tiny holes in the correct. bottom of the balloon. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes, enough. that that is the that was the the tradition through which my first job losing was absolutely like by the numbers. Like mm. again, I got yeah. two final warnings because I just kept getting slapped on the wrist for the same stupid shit. Um, so people, if I could jump in real here, of course, uh, yeah. Here. With people at home, I agree with that sentiment. I think that's exactly what happens. That's how I lost, uh, well, that's how most of my jobs went over is just uh, when there's just zero morale, there's zero purpose behind it, when the job kind of pays the same as anything else in the fucking area. Yeah, there's no, if you don't have reasons to say, then you fucking bounce. And um, I say, lean into this wholeheartedly if this starts happening to you. Don't resist it. Make it work worse for yourself. I feel like that adds a lot of undue stress. It's a very good exercise to see how long it takes for a company to fire you when you literally do 50% of your production. So um, that's, that is much more in line with the, how I most recently got fired. Because at the Amazon gig, I was still doing my job. I was just coming in late and fucking up the, the call in. Like It wasn't like I was like lacking, really, other than coming in late in part. But like when I was there, I was working at my mm -hmm. other job. Uh, I got laid off mid-pandemic. Now, then, now we can talk about how work from home affects this shit. Because previously, I had a job at a Seattle startup, somewhat similar type of stuff. I was doing, I was, I was customer service, not senior most, but under that. So, not in charge of customer service, but mm -hmm. um, kind of in charge of customer service, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. in a way that you probably shouldn't be at that level. Um, but that, like the people senior to me who were more established had been laid off. And then my manager was someone who I like taught how to do the job. So it was just this very strange vibe. And what you get from working at a company like that is uh, I went from working at Amazon, which is like very established, 
fucking 12, like however many, 14 were uh, leadership principles that you learn. Massive, 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 massive workforce. The other company I worked at in this regard was a workforce of just over 100 until 2018, in which they laid off 60% of the company. So then it mm. became a workforce of like 45 very defeated people. Um, that was also like around the time I had, I originally worked there doing other things that weren't customer service. And in order to secure full-time employment in healthcare and easier, I, uh, easier job, I switched over to doing customer service for them and kind of, kind of, kind of walked into a job that I knew would be very easy to do to my past experience and rode that for a for like, I mean, three years, basically. Um, it was interesting because if, if any of us, if anyone's watched like the fire festival documentaries or the Elizabeth Holmes documentaries, yeah. you see this, you see this Silicon Valley vibe of, um, and this kind of leads into how I got, how I, how I, how my mindset led to me getting laid off. I think you see the Silicon Valley vibe at these companies of we have VC money. We're building a, a great product. We're building a phenomenal product. What's the product? Well, it's going to change the world. Uh, how does it work? Well, we're working on that part of it. We've hired a bunch of engineers to figure that out. Um, now, the company I worked for was in video education. It didn't rip people off on a like an island concert floozy, and it didn't try to invent blood technology that doesn't exist. But what it did do was uh, bargain on the same level of aspiration and hope and like and like positivity that all these companies seem to bargain on and get a lot of people to work on something that really didn't go anywhere outside of the normal scope of, of creative online education. They wanted to be kind of like masterclass, but a little less celebrity-based. Um, but mm. that doesn't sell to a lot of people, frankly. Like, it just it, it definitively did not. Um, so when you're working at this company and you realize, like, oh, we're not making money, um, the customer base that I'm serving is kind of locked in and not growing. Um, and every time I bring up a concern that the company read the customer base, the reception I get is that that's, we're not worried about that right now. We just need to get our bills paid and make more money. I mean, uh, the, the, the reasoning being they're, they're doing that so that hopefully they grow something they can yes, sell. Yes, exactly. So this is the weirdness of VC business. You don't actually have a viable product before you're up and operating. It's completely fucking insane. Um, because when at the end of the day, like there's a few material things that the company I, I worked for, shot, produced, wrote, edited, blow, whatever, whatever. None of that stuff made the money at the company, I don't think, or made any money for the company, barely. Um, what you end up doing is, is, is getting really conflicted between serving the people who you're in charge of, like facilitating, like my job was essentially to take customer feedback and filter it through the website to fix shit. And when that doesn't get fixed for the people, you're like, well, I no longer, like, I don't care about the people above me because they've demonstrated that they're not actually here to create a product. They've, they're here to play this weird Silicon Valley game. I can't help the customers because really all I can do is say, hey, we're not going to fix this. Sorry, bud. And then you just get caught in grinding your head against those two things every day. And essentially it's the same process of like, well, I started checking out much like Ruben did, I kind of locked in my productivity rate to a place where like, I couldn't say I wasn't doing any work, but I wasn't grind. There wasn't like, I wasn't blowing through um, our queue of, our, of work, so to speak. So during the pandemic, 
this just doubles down, right? Like prior, prior, you're going into an office. I'm actually fine with that. I'm like, I have this job that I'm basically milking for a minute. Our office gives me free food. Um, I get to walk around downtown Seattle and like have great lunches and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's an okay lifestyle. When it, when it turns into a work from home gig, I have nothing but the hate, hatred I feel towards like the uh, model of the company and everything like that. So work starts to uh, become very easy to, and I, don't, I think this is something that everyone with a computer job has, especially in a work from home capacity, if you're working for uh, another company and not for yourself, it's very easy to just fucking not do work. <laughs> like, like as long as you're hitting a certain margin, um, and you're in a position where you're not getting tracked. That's the other reason I held on to this job for so long. I was in a customer service position with actually no, like zero stat tracking. Um, it was, that was Mar, that was actually notably different from a lot of roles. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd no be, one, no one was telling me what to do. Um, my manager barely knew how to work the system we worked in. Uh, there was no way to <laughs> particularly rate our performance other than the number of emails we got done per day. And I always made sure that was like, fine. And um, at the end of the day, what got me laid off was starting to be like emotional about how much I didn't like the company and the decisions they were making. So this is where you enter the realm of like, I didn't get fired very technically, but here's what I can say. During, during like, but kind of gotten everything else out of the way. During work from home, I would roll out of bed at like 11 p.m. I would log on. I would actually probably like wake up to feed my cat and I would get in and log in and I'd look at the emails and I'd be like, all right, this is how many emails there are today. And then I'd be like, all right, good morning. And then I'd like get back in bed and sleep for another hour and a half. And then I'd get out of bed and I'd be like, all right, there's barely any more emails. Let's like start working some. And normally that would be the course of the day and you would, you would finish out and it, it would be normal. But during the pandemic, we were also pushing for the launch of a subscription-based product for our uh, video service. Now, we were trying to essentially sell a subscription to the website while also offering zero new content, <laughs> um, that, like for the coming future or anything like that. Uh, at the same time, our platform had just stopped working on Apple TV. Not particularly important, except for I made a big stink about that in the meeting per the upcoming subscription service. I was like, are we really going to launch this when it doesn't even work on one of these platforms? That's very silly to me. I would just like to check in with the engineering team about that, et cetera. And I was late to this meeting. I think that is absolutely part of the reason I was able to get laid off for it. Um, I essentially rolled in 15 minutes late to a meeting and made a big stink. And the person in charge of the meeting uh, very loudly interrupted me and said, yeah, we know, we're moving on. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, sounds good. And then a week later, uh, my manager and our one HR person who technically left the company, but also stayed on because no one else would do HR, um, so was working in two jobs, uh, took me into a meeting. My manager, don't actually have anything against her as a person. She was a very nice manager. She also didn't say a word during the meeting where I was let go. Nothing. Um, my HR person just talked me through how I wasn't a great fit at the company anymore and that I was being let go with severance. Uh, to their credit, they paid me up through the end of the year. So I got paid through January 1 when I got laid off in the middle of November. Not bad. Um, and then I got to take advantage of 2021's 
largely very boosted unemployment uh, in a not so bad time to be doing that. So, you know, really just these two jobs where <laughs> I, dem I demonstrably stopped giving a shit. And this is the thing where you're not working, like, and this is like the bigger picture it to our, our podcast and our theme. I wonder how people that work for themselves have either similar or different struggles, re either quitting or getting laid off from gigs, um, because the motivation is usually different. I'm not going to say always. Obviously, people freelancers can just work for the money, just like people who I did. Like, I didn't like doing my job. I was working for the money. Um, but I feel like I could have only gotten laid off in those ways at those jobs because I just didn't give a shit. I don't have that same fear going into the field of work I'm currently studying for, which is mental health. Um, I don't have that same fear. I've never gotten laid off from a kitchen job, right? Because it's, an, it's more active. I, I can actually enjoy some of the physical activity. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a great chef by any means, but like I, I, I've, I perform in those jobs. Um, there's, there's little room for mental decay, if that makes sense. Um, there's always something to do. And these types of office jobs, uh, oh boy, I cannot say they are great for mental health on, on just a societal front. Obviously, not everyone goes through an office job depressed. That's not, that's like not true. But for people that have, you know, people that already have, like me, who are predisposed to anxiety and depression in the first place, um, a lot of that did get exacerbated by office politics to a point where, like Ruben said, you just, you just start fucking checking out. Um, and when you go to work, you're like, you're almost not yourself. And that shit does start to suck. I mean, um, I'd say for the creative field, I, I can't speak for everyone. For me, uh, I would say my experience has been working on my sophomore project after a bunch of initial ones for a larger publisher has been running into COVID, but not just that. Like, I basically went off the map for a while. And uh, I didn't want to be around anyone because I'd had such a bad taste in my mouth. I think it's, you know, something I was able to do. Uh, things kind of harden up afterwards, and I had to take on a side job or two. But, like, I, the, the fire is there for what I want to do still. It does not feel like passing a kidney stone, e even this. Even whenever this shit is frustrating, sometimes doing a podcast, all the competing personalities, ideas, thoughts, like, uh, I, I set the terms on which I meet everyone I know, engage with them. And like, I feel fulfilled afterwards. And hopefully, if, if we've all like, uh, worked in unison, that happens like, yeah, no, there's, there's upsides and downsides. Uh, you soak all the risk when you go out for yourself, uh, which that takes a certain type of brain. And I, I, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but like a lot of the creative people I've met known in my time are either incredibly well-adjusted people that came from an office environment or they're fucking crazy. Not like in a pejorative way. They just have deep, deep, all over the fucking place problems like like with their brain but one part of it orients towards uh, uh either cultivating a self a sense of self or like a 
a body of imagery, a body of ideas. And like, you know, that's, it's so exciting. Like there's so much bleak shit out there, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I went homeless doing this, fuck, but I still kind of think of it as the better deal. Like, yeah, but then I pulled myself out of hell. I'm here, I have a nice, decent apartment. I'm able to fight against a 20% fucking rent in Greece, and I haven't given up on myself. I, I feel okay about this. I can't speak for everyone. Uh, let me get in there. Uh, I have a similar situation of um, I didn't really feel helpless coming out of it mainly because I yelled at people um, but they still should get blindsided from getting fired that wasn't great uh, but since I had I'm trying to move into getting into a trade either apprenticeship or something like that um, but yeah uh, me and my uh, partner we, we discuss things to go through and generally just are like yeah what the fuck uh, not really not can't really go very bad uh, a lot of situations for us it's going very well we're very hopeful in most situations uh whenever you get low go of a place it's really just a trade of it's going to be a couple of weeks before you can find something else anyway you might as well enjoy relaxing and not being forced to work um i got some woodworking in things like that and uh but yeah anyway uh, i think we're going over to jake let me know who we're going over to well, I was just thinking we should open the floor up to Lucy or Eliza. I know Lucy talked about leaving a job that uh, she did not like. Um, but yeah, just in general. Okay, yeah, I can. Um, so I have been like laid off from one job, but most of the jobs I've left voluntarily. And I mean, here's the thing that I would love everyone to know. You can just leave if it sucks. It's great out of a job. Like, I'm terrible at that. I notoriously had a bad panic attack once because I, I fucked up scheduling at a job and I wanted to quit and I didn't quit because I missed an event that I wanted to go to. And it was like when I was very young, it was very, it was a very, it was a big lesson in just fucking leave if you have to. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like a lot of people will be like, oh, you shouldn't walk out. What about your coworkers? Well, your coworkers are already getting screwed by like your management anyway. So like it's just a little bit more there. Who cares? If it sucks, just hit the bricks. Like when I was working at CVS, like we had three people all quit at once, like um, in the height of COVID. Like nobody gives a shit. Like you all cut our hours anyway. Um, but I would say the most interesting story I have about quitting a job was when I worked for an answering service. Um, and for those who don't know what an answering service is, like you're in a call center and you're taking like calls for other businesses and you're pretending to be that business. So like how it would work is I'd be sitting at a computer and it would show me on the screen what business I'm pretending to be <laughs> and uh, what line to read for the intro of the call. So whenever I was um, interviewing for this job, I was told it was like mostly like lawyers and doctor's offices or like um, HVAC technicians, that sort of thing. Um, and basically you're just taking messages, no big deal. And I like type pretty goddamn fast. So, you know, I was perfect for this job because I love talking on the phone and I love typing. Like I'm just really straightforward job. Um, but the thing they don't tell you is, is that since you're like an invisible person in a call center somewhere, um, a lot of their clients will send you like really unhinged calls and they won't like 
warn you about this whenever you're signing up for the job. Because if I had been told about some of the shit I'd have to deal with, I would have never joined. So I'm like fresh out of um, quitting another job that was also pretty bad. And um, so I'm taking calls at this call center. It's going okay. And then one day um, I get a call from an elevator is a guy screaming for his life saying that the elevator is falling down the shaft oh no and i am like what the fuck and here's the thing like whenever you're working for this answering service you don't really have any option of what to do other than like what the client specifies so usually you get like a form that you have in and it doesn't give you any other options. It doesn't typically give you a, hey, this is a fucking emergency. This needs to go to someone who actually knows what they're doing button. Like, I just have a form in front of me that tells me to get this person's phone number, <laughs> send it along to someone who's on call. He's falling down the fucking elevator. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck? So what I find is that this is not unusual, but it is perfectly legal for those emergency call buttons and elevators to go to call centers Whoa. instead of like the fire department like you would expect that's horrifying so, I mean, like, thank christ this guy was okay and he like left the elevator um i guess like i mean elevators are pretty fucking safe so it was able to slow down but like i'm thinking holy shit someone's going to die on the other end of this phone and i'm gonna be fucked up forever um yeah so that's... i'm thinking okay this i can't is imagine a... something more defeating as the person in the elevator and yeah. hearing like uh just a like a call like anyone at a call center on the other end rather than nine one one, what's your emergency like oh my god exactly and the thing is is like i have to go through this um like form that i'm given by the client i don't have the option to call nine one one for this person i literally do not the only option i have is to try to get this person's fucking phone number and name um which is just bonkers because this is an emergency situation. This should not go to me ever. Um, so I was thinking, okay, maybe this is a fluke. Like I'm not going to get another elevator call again. That is just too weird. I got two more elevator calls that week. Okay. I have a question. Oh my God. Are these, okay. So to be clear, you said this guy survived. Was he like, did it, did it sound like he was falling in the elevator? I don't know how else to ask that. I know that sounds silly, but like... You can hear like the general, I'm going to die in his voice. Of course, yeah, no, because it's different than like, it's different than getting stuck in an elevator. Because then you're like, oh, I'm in an episode of a television show and I'm just going to sit here and maybe something's good, but like falling in an elevator. That would have been really funny. So, I was really gonna. I really thought my, you were gonna say they were stuck in the elevator, and I was like, "So you just gotta hang out with them on the phone now for a good right. while." Right. So stuck they in the elevator. Real bad, I really understand bad. sending like a page message to like right. a technician, but right. this was like full blown falling. And there's not like a thing in this form like call this oh number my. if someone's fucking falling. There's no button to stop the elevator. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the thing. Like I got two more elevator calls that week, and they were falling. Um, so one of them, nobody was responding. So I'm hoping it was just like some little kid pressed it on the way out, which like, yeah, you know, I'd imagine there's a number of people that just, yeah, like mash the button or are playing a prank or something. Right. Um, and then I think another person, like it got stuck, but they got out, but like the one person falling and then realizing, oh, 
this is going to happen again because I keep getting elevator calls. Um, so I, I left that job, but not before I had some more other fucked up calls. Oh my God. Um, so like another one that I got was a guy was telling me he was like bleeding out and he needed to go to the hospital, but he didn't want to call 911. So he called like a doctor's office after hours, which went to me. And I'm having to like, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck do I do? So I like wave down my supervisor and I'm like, hey, this guy's like dying and like needs me to get an ambulance to him. And my supervisor, really blase about this. Like I am freaked out, but he is just like stone face, like does not care. <laughs> he's, I'm oh, sure he's had a thousand of these. Yeah. Um, so like, he's like, oh, you can't call like 911 for someone. You need to tell them to hang up and call 911 themselves. Yikes. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. So I have to beg this guy for two minutes because I can't hang up on him. Um, I had to beg him for two minutes to hang up and call a fucking 911. And the way that my supervisor just looks at me like this is no big deal and I shouldn't be freaked out about it makes me think, holy shit, all of you people are insane. I am leaving. So I talked with like Eliza about this and I talked with like my fiance too. And I'm like, this isn't normal, right? Like I should be like fucking freaked out. And everyone's like, yeah, you should. This is not normal. So I don't have anything lined up after this, but I just like, I don't even go back in. I email whoever hired me and I'm like, hey, I'm not coming back. I will mail you back the key to my locker or whatever. Um, so if it sucks, just leave. Especially if it's something like that. Like if you feel like you're going to take like long-term PTSD damage from a job, just leave. It's not worth it. Oh yeah, the millisecond something starts happening, start sprinting out the fucking building. That's incredible advice. Yeah, there's and, like, um, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> that is something I have not ever thought yeah, about or expected. Not public knowledge at yeah. all. Like, yeah. This, so this was so shocking to me when I heard it. I think I like immediately went on Twitter Lucy, to, fucking, to make a public announcement. I was in an elevator a couple of months ago, and we were like, "This should go up," <laughs> and I was like. It's okay that we don't have our phones. There's a stupid button that'll call someone if it stops. <laughs> and that's not true now. It's, it's well, going to call someone in a call, call center someone. who cannot do shit yeah, for you. And if it is falling, you're screwed. Well, I mean, like, usually when it comes to falling, they have the brakes that keep it from doing that, which is why that guy survived. But, like... Right. I've worked in a call center before. I've worked in a call center before. I, I think code it. That's it. Like, but no coding it. Wow. Fuck. So, that pretty goddamn outlandish uh yeah i wonder if that somehow happened because there just wasn't enough like i don't know i don't know like how does an elevator company end up making a contract with whatever service you were working for presumably to have their emergency system call out to them i don't know like i that's so a lot of it like they would have their phone system to where if like someone made a call and it didn't pick up after a few rings it would forward to our service that's mm -hmm. a pretty common configuration for answering services. Mm -hmm. um, so basically it would be like, oh, we have too many people who are busy. Let's send it to the answering service to make a ticket for us. Um, but someone's about to fucking die. Yeah, that is. I mean, did, uh, did you get to make an exit interview or comment or anything like that? Like when you left? Oh, that yes, actually. So they tried to tell me that I needed to sign. So they sent me some stuff in the mail yeah. and they're like, okay, we need you to sign these forms to like say that you quit. And I'm like, no, I already left the building. 
I'm not coming back. I'm There's not one. mailing back your fucking form. Are you stupid? Yeah, it's like, it's on you to not pay me. Like, come on. <laughs> right. So like, here's the thing. Like oftentimes if, if someone tells you you have to do an exit interview or you have to sign some paperwork, no, you don't just leave. Like if they're not paying for you, fuck it. Yeah, out. that's the thing. There's I had to sign something to get severance. But if you're not, yeah. fuck that shit. Hmm. Like, I mean, to, to borrow something from Eliza, getting in trouble is a fake idea. And also, like, what are they going to do? What's the worst thing they can do? And, like, in that moment, I was thinking, like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like, suck my ass, you know? Hmm. That's the consequence. It doesn't matter. The only thing you can miss out on would be severance pay. So don't say, yell, fuck them yet. Hold off to see if they're going to hand you a couple checks. And then you might want to consider right. signing something for that. If they are not going to hand you severance, tell them to each shit. Yeah. So like I was, that, I was going to just post that to their Facebook page the same day. Yeah, that is, that's a very, feels distinctly the American. There's usually some weasel verbiage about like you were fired for cause or your, your quitting is your fault or your, you agree to never ever sue the company for anything or something like that. There's usually some shit in there and that in those. Yeah. Papers. It's, it's so a, NDA, unless they're NDA. withholding money yeah don't sign shit god there's so many companies well that shit jesus christ fucking facebook because i mean yeah eliza uh, how do you follow that up because apparently lucy fucking works for a company inside a thomas like I took... novel jesus christ well yeah. i know eliza's been working for herself for so long that's kind of the angle i was curious about is if she has any cool stories about um i don't know did you ever get laid off by a client or like a, did you ever work with a client that i got fired you or some shit like that i don't know um i quit a job once because this was a t-shirt company they hired me to do an illustration of moses parting the red sea and i sent it back and they were like moses looks too feminine you need to fix this and <laughs> This was this was a classic Old Testament dude, big beard, you know, the whole deal. He was not even in the least feminine. So number one, they were wrong, which is fine. I mean, usually for commissions, like the customer's always right. You just you just do the if you want to get paid, you just do the adjustments and send it back. But they weren't paying me that much. They were wrong. And then the second part was I got like a homophobic vibe from how they were sort of framing this problem that they had um and it, it was not a legitimate problem it was it, it seemed it seemed homophobic so i just quit i just ghosted them uh i don't take commissions anymore specifically because the problems that you get with commissions are just total bullshit every single time like if if a client has any notes at all they are always bullshit they're always wrong so it's just not worth the time because you got to you always have to have everybody sign a contract first. You have to, you know, fight with them about like, okay, you get to send this back one time or you get to send it back for revisions two times. But after that, you have to pay me. And then there, you have to write in all the clauses about how if you, you know, decide to cancel it on the second revision and not get a final art, then you still have to pay me 50%. And there's just all this shit that you have to do. And I don't want to do it. It ends up being, it ends up beating into your hourly rate big time and it's actually really difficult to get above minimum wage on your hourly rate when you're calculating in not just the time that you spend physically drawing but the the problem that amateurs make is not calculating the time that you're spending writing emails reading emails looking up reference material um looking up 
you know, contracts and clauses and stuff and all that kind of shit. It, and you end up doing that on your own. So you have to calculate it into your hourly rate. Um, there are a lot of people who do commissions all the time and that's just their, that's their deal. It's most commercial illustrators work that way if they're not with an agency. But uh, I just don't want to do it. It's, it's bullshit to me. <laughs> it, it is bullshit to me. Um, I got fired once from retail for stealing when I hadn't actually stolen anything. So Bummer. that was interesting. Ooh. Yeah, the guy was just like, well, you've been shoplifting, so you're fired. I'm like, I haven't actually been shoplifting. Like, the, we, we are in a garbage mall in Redmond or some bullshit suburb. Yeah. People, there's there are two entrances in here. It's literally impossible for me to keep an eye on both. And you have closed dressing rooms. So if people are stealing, it's because your store sucks and you have not put cameras in. Um, I wish I had been stealing. At that point, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get fired for stealing anyway. I should do more illegal shit <laughs> yeah, just in take, general. Take some t-shirts on the way out or whatever. Yeah, mm. like, I'm going to get fired for shit anyway, so I might as well do the bad thing mm. um, if I'm going to get punished for it randomly. And that has turned out to be a theme kind of throughout my life, is that I, I do, in fact, get punished for things that I didn't actually mm. do, and then learn from that to uh, commit more crimes, because might as well. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm, paying, I'm paying for it, so. Yeah, like, D&D alignment style, like, fuck. I feel like... I feel like I'm very much like a like a fucking good rules person, but like, uh, if if I do get got, it won't be because of any sort of principled action on my part. I will be fucking up terribly, or I will just be very sleepy. I can't easily. I but, I mean, so I haven't had. Okay. I mean, what would you, would Jake, like, would you consider? Your premise is like rule breaking. Yeah, I have a big thing with rule breaking. But also, why? Um, uh, I just why you break the rules? You're supposed mm. to be a rules man. You're a producer. Um, Come to me in this house of rules, which you're rule breaking. I don't want to like boil it all down to uh, mom issues, but they do set the <laughs> rules when you grow up. So. <laughs> That's a, uh, that's one way to answer that. Hell yeah. I'm glad you said it first because that was gonna Frickin be my, that was gonna Lala. be what I said. It's, it's not like the people like psychiatrists don't make this shit up. Like Let's it comes up go. when you talk to people. It turns out your parents or it's whoever parents whoever it may be biological parents guardians a uh, guy who adopts you because he killed your parents and wants to train you as an assassin. They will all that thing that happens will, to all they, of us. They will all be the people that are the first ones that give you a set of rules. And if those rules end up being bullshit and and the parents don't admit it, if they don't go, yeah, that was kind of bullshit, kid, then you might just learn that breaking rules doesn't matter. Elementary um, teachers, too. Yes, authority absolutely. Figures. Yeah, school teachers, authority figures, like anyone as a kid who is literally in charge of your life before you are able to be doing that yourself as a human being. Those impressions are pretty real. Um, and so at the end of the day, I had a mom who tried to make it seem like I'd get in trouble when I broke a lot of rules. And I was a person who found out very early, like Eliza said, and like the Akewood comic said, getting in trouble is a pretty fake idea at the end of the day. Uh, um, that is why I, that is why I had an Amazon corporation. I was told four times to keep doing one fucking thing and I couldn't get myself to fucking do it. Like I, I would, I mean, I would do it 
you know, I would get back on the, I'd like, I'd because like, this weren't the only times when I was infracting, I would have months where I would do it the right way. And then I would just fucking have a day where I just. This is, this is not a dig, but I am thinking about this. So, so it is interesting. I meant rule breaking broadly. Now, obviously you're going to be on topic because of the show, but like, I, I wonder like, like if you rule broken outside of yeah. the office like i fell asleep in class that's what i was coming to actually so less <laughs> of the thing at work <laughs> that, every that day hell yes every day in my oh high my school God. experience um mm-hmm. mostly because of not having a cool sleep schedule and having a like general malaise let's say like i mm-hmm. dead ass fell asleep in almost every class almost every day and it was not good it was like it was like mm-hmm. it, it probably should have been a bigger concern frankly but i was i was sharp enough to get it to not be a big concern um that said it has still continued like i haven't had sleeping at work type issues as much but i'm late habitually obviously that's all i mentioned that in the amazon thing but oh, yeah, even, yeah, at, yeah. even at other jobs oh, um God. i i will oversleep i will not give myself enough time and a lot of that does stem back to i I, I, I know i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to I'm I'm not trying to, you know, get into the 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 sort of fine-tuned points in your life. I, I yeah, as no. it relates to that, but like I I just thought about this like more generally. Like I feel like any time I've done law breaking style things, it has never been within the workplace. I don't know what it is. I feel mm. the furthest I've ever went on this oh, man. is is being high when I do not <laughs> No, no, being high when I am not working any sort of machinery or doing anything that involves hand dexterity that can affect my well-being or the well-being of others. If it is a simple labor job, my knees are going to feel like they've been lit on fire all fucking day. I try to do like the correct lifts and everything. I'm somewhat tall. I have a bigger frame. I'm most of the time in the politest way I can say this, everyone gets me to do guy work. Sorry. I'm always lifting shit. A large thing lifted. Hey, how about the couch? Yeah. That's how it goes. It's my I, fucking I lot, lot in life. I have a production, uh, essentially errand bitch mm-hmm. for a lot of different projects. of similar things. But yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's why I even gravitate towards creative pursuits and not just that, like stuff where it's clerical or this or that, because like, it's, it's miserable, but I am always like completely adherent to the rules. Like if I fuck up, it is because I'm like on some towny Fred Flintstone shit. I'm just being lazy because I work a lot and I always work a lot. It's miserable. I'm constantly <laughs> flirting with disaster when it comes to workplace rules. I yeah. truly only respect them in as much as they can materially affect me. And more often than not, they don't. Yeah, no. Most of, um, most of so, my rule breaking, and I yeah. can't speak for everyone, uh, is like underage drinking, fist fights, uh, physical violence uh, in basically overreacting to hate speech etc uh shit like that like so you're just trying I, to say that you're not used uh, to breaking the rules at work essentially 
I'm not used to breaking the rules at work, like in my in my non like regular above board yes. air quotes civilian life because I yes. do feel like there was a non civilian life I led and the civilian life I had lived before and continue to live now. Like I, it is it is interesting sort of hearing like a lot of people. Uh, kind of talk about stakes and stuff. This is not condescension. It's just like, oh my God. Like, it's always like a grass is greener thing also. Like, that sounds like a fucking playground to me. Just sitting on, I would just lie off. I would just take all of the money. I would just lie, lie constantly to these people. And oh yeah, I mean. To myself clear. at some extent to dissociate enough to yeah. just make that palpable and go through it. At a lot I wouldn't of those give past a fuck. jobs, I, that you, you do enter, you get into that state for a certain, for a number of years while you're on those jobs. It just it just it can, it can wear down eventually, um, or certain things can change your state of mind vis-a-vis -vis why you're there, what you're doing it for, how much is it worth, etc. For instance, I got a pretty chunky raise when a bunch of my other people in my company got laid off, and that meant that I stayed on that job for a number like another year and a half or something like that, um, even though I didn't. I was I didn't enjoy it, you know. It was a very easy decision to make, and I would have I frankly would have kept the job if I didn't get weirdly laid off. So, um, it was one of those weird. I was planning, I was making moves to go back to school like I am now anyway, and it was always in my plan to either step back from doing full time at that place or eventually quit. Um, it's just it just it just accelerated my schedule basically. Um, but yeah, I know Lucy said she had something else that was kind of wild. Uh, Lucy, what were you talking about with the, where was it? California system you were right. in? So um, <laughs> I worked a couple of times at, well, in a few different places for uh, group homes for developmentally disabled adults. Um, you would be surprised how little you actually have to have in terms of qualifications to get hired for one of those jobs which um, is concerning to me because I feel like the people who are going to take care of these people should have like very rigorous training and also should get paid a lot more. Um, but effectively you had to be able to clear a background check and have a heartbeat to get hired to do this. Um, and I mean, I always gave a shit at my job. Like I would, I would bring in um, like stuff to make curry for my clients because they really liked it. And I just loved being able to, cook every day for a bunch of people it made me feel like really complete in a way um because I always just make enough food to feed like eight people I don't know how to cook small but that's aside from the point um you basically have to have zero qualifications to get into this line of work and um the people who actually run these houses oftentimes they just have to have enough money to get started and have very little else in terms of qualifications um so how it works is that there are some state-run facilities, but the vast majority, to my understanding, are small private businesses that will have like anywhere from one to five houses that they own, and they'll have anywhere between three to five clients in each house. Um, and it's it's regulated, but like not very strictly. Um, so you'll have regulators come in to inspect these houses to make sure that everything's in a good living standard, which for the most part, they do a good job of that. But like during the pandemic, when they weren't doing that as often, 
um, some of, one of the employers that I was working for really was not up to par. And I think they got away with it for quite a bit too long. So one that I worked for, um, she was a lady who had like briefly worked in one of these houses, but had never like been on the operational side of things. And she was able to get a loan from her family to start up two houses. And she originally ran them out of Airbnbs, which I don't think is legal in any like way. Like she was renting Airbnbs to house these people in, which is a very precarious situation. Um, and I'm sure would typically go against the terms of uh, service for anyone like renting out that house. Um, but she's just absolutely batshit insane. Um, so I had just got um, laid off from a good house that I had worked at, um, which had been operating for like almost two decades. And I really loved all my clients. And I, I just had to find a new job. So I go to work for this new lady. Um, and there are just a ton of things wrong with it. Um, so like, for example, the refrigerator will not keep temperature. So like milk will go bad in like a day. And I'm just thinking, how the fuck are you doing this legally? Um, but the, the weird part is, is that like, beyond that, she would pay minimum wage, but would keep people like, um, she would make them do stuff that was like well beyond what you would expect anyone to do for minimum wage. So I'm getting like paid $14 an hour um, to take care of um, five clients along with usually one other person, um, which is, you know, not so bad. Like I'm doing cooking and cleaning and making sure people take showers and stuff like that. Um, she would do insane things like, so back at the old house, I had pretty good leeway over what to cook because I was basically cooking five nights a week. So it was mostly me doing cooking. So that meant that I would kind of be the one who picked out what to go buy at the grocery store. So like I'd get the stuff for curry, I'd get the stuff for like um, pasta, that sort of thing. Whereas at this one, she would pre-plan everything and have someone cook it in like one location and bring it over, but she'd freeze everything. And she would freeze things that make no sense. So like oh, she would no. have someone cook pasta or cook rice and freeze that but she would also freeze like the canned ingredients that were supposed to go with it. No. So what I would the have fuck? a, <laughs> I I hate have hearing a this. wooded frozen Jesus can Christ. of tomato sauce and some frozen pasta. The thing is, is these things are both shelf stable and do not take that long at all to cook. So I would have to struggle to thaw some pasta um, and a can of frozen tomato sauce. Oh my God. Instead of just like uh... cooking both in a traditional way out of the pantry. Um, this is this is yeah, like the, no this sense. is the class action episode said, of working. In which way was this Airbnb? Airbnb? Yeah, I, like that. Um, man. So once I once I started working there, it was no longer being run out of an Airbnb. Um, but, but like, who was who was owning the property and who was paying the Airbnb rent? Um, I I don't fucking know. That's I don't so know weird. who owned like, it. I just oh, I know man. that the um, person who was operating it was paying to whoever was renting out the airbnb but whoa um, okay so that wow that's what i wanted to at least get my head sort of around that is fucking insane yeah so there's her doing some dubious legal maneuvers there with not actually owning the property that she's uh operating out of um and then there's also like who freezes canned goods Oh yeah, no, that's that's a nightmare. That's like something. They're like, still in the can. Are they? Are they uh, taking them out of the can? 
and put using a new container to freeze it. You're not them? helping, dog. You're not helping. If they no, open the can it, and froze it, I'm gonna bomb. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just like so they would they would cook the pasta, put that in a ziploc bag, and freeze it, which makes no sense. It takes like what twelve minutes to cook pasta, um, and then they would have like an unopened can of tomato sauce that you can just put in the pantry. But they would put it in the same bag that they um, delivered the Ziploc bag of frozen pasta in. So it would get all bloated. Yeah. Um, and you would have to run it under the tap for like a half hour or like sometimes even a full hour if you're unlucky. Yikes. Um, and every meal was like this. And every meal was terrible because I was not cooking it. <laughs> um, but that's not even the most insane, like, batshit part of this. I don't know. I Just to, not, not to interrupt too long, but there's a very long-winded process for making any sort of food that goes into a military MRE. This seems like the opposite of that, but just to be, like, egregiously terrible to developmentally disabled people. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. At certain it point, it seems malicious. It sounds like all... misery. Yeah, it it really reminds me of the the cooking methods that Gordon Ramsay finds in fucking Kitchen Nightmares. Yes, like this is this is exactly it. He'll show up and everything is like cooked two weeks before it's actually served, even though they're cooking fresh food on the day that they should be serving it to guests anyway. It's just that they're putting it into the freezer afterwards. It's uh, yeah. It, it sounds is. like it sounds like someone doing. I'd like to cue y'all in on an old word. Uh, we'd call it seed work. This is like someone doing extended seed work, just like making the process as long as humanly possible to then throw into a process again where the following day you will never be out of work because you made said process as long as humanly possible. It feels like someone's attempt to somehow like it's like if someone thought meal prepping was a way to, to make it hard. Like, I don't know how else to describe someone thinking they're doing something to make their lives easier, but actually making it harder. Like, what do you mean? What is that word? What is that? Like, what is that? Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely. It is trying obtuse, to break it down. Completely obtuse, completely nuts. It seems you, like maybe someone thought they were smart and there's they were no time like, saving if in you that at all. If you pre-cook or pour all this shit into a freezer, it all becomes microwavable at this no, point. No. Re- regardless of God. how they think food is produced, we are all becoming. That's not it. Everyone should be Someone must have just been like, "How do you make? Uh, how is frozen food made? Oh. It must be just like this. We are you all freeze becoming... the pasta. I, I pour I the canned tomatoes into to a bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's, it's okay. Like it gets worse from we're all, we're all It's a pretty Larry, natural tangent, but yeah, we, we can move on. We are all becoming Larry David here. <laughs> we're all getting a little pasta, it, a little frozen pasta. Let us know it got worse, and that this is not that bad. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, um, maybe factor that. No, in. steal yourself, steal yourself, everyone. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. So, just, just to elaborate a little bit more on that before I get on to the next point, um, she was a person who thought she was way smarter than she was. And her conception of, of this is that like pre-making these meals would make it easier to prepare. Obviously. So like, that's the, that's the frame of mind that we're dealing with is that she does not expect anyone she hires to be able to cook decently, but she'll do this, which makes it actively harder. And Oh, good Lord. And I mean, the thing mm-hmm. is, is like, I, this was the same situation. I was also cooking dinner most days of the week. And I was like known to be very good at cooking and she still would do this process. 
like not not to brag but i'm pretty fucking decent at like making a meal for a large amount of people and she would still choose to do this wacky meal prep thing um but naturally someone who thinks this is a good idea is also going to make other poor business decisions um so another thing she decided she was going to do is um she wanted me and my partner so we both worked together at this place um to do like administrative work as well which like she's a little short on people i get that but like also i'm being paid minimum wage and i would actually have gotten like more money at taco bell which i was considering doing um so we're getting paid like literally minimum wage no benefits whatsoever which like we're working full-time taking care of other people in a healthcare setting and we don't get like healthcare ourselves which is a bit fucked um but so she decides we're gonna do some admin work and uh, on top of everything else so she's like okay so pretty much i'm not going to pay you more for it now but think of this as like training to when i will pay you more for doing this extra work which just dog shit insane so what she ends up having me do is usually it's two of us working together on the same shift because there's five like adults that you have to take care of and you have to make sure that they're not like hitting each other or like dying (laughs) um and that's just the bare minimum because you also have to like cook and make sure everyone's taking a shower and stuff. And I mean, in a situation like this, sometimes someone does shit themselves and you have to be like prepared for that as well. Um, so normally like having two people on top of everything is a normal necessary thing. That's like bare minimum, you need two people. She decides that she needs to hire more people. Instead of having a person dedicated to just doing that, she decides that my partner is going to take care of the house and then I'm going to go into the garage of the house and start cold calling people. So people don't actually apply to this job. What she does is she scrapes data from Indeed and she has me cold calling people with like PhDs to come work for minimum wage. Wow. That's... And like, I don't get to skip mm. anyone. I have to call every person with a heartbeat and try to get them to take this job. Like there were people with like university emails that I had to call to offer this awful job. I, I, I don't want to jump it too hard, Lucy. So I'll say my piece really quickly to anyone that may be listening to this and think, okay, what Lucy says sounds absolutely fucking insane. And is a stretch of the, like, it's a massive stretch of disbelief. Uh, to someone that has never worked a cold calling job. I've worked cold calling jobs, uh, not just for political parties, candidates, but also small business people. Uh, I've worked for nice small business people. I've worked for small business tyrants. Uh, to the uninitiated person, this, this sounds like a fucking Adam McKay character or some shit. Like... That is completely a real type of person. Negligence in this field, Lucy, is so all over the place. My mother had worked in the field before, and she, yeah, you were talking about having to clean up shit or whatever. She had done a developmentally disabled care for elders, like old people. Like, it was some wild shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that this type of person is absolutely real and like that fucking chill went down my back thinking about that because 
yeah, it's 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 so hard because it's it seems malicious, but it's also just as equally capable of being fucking stupid because that is a specific type of fucking idiot that exists in the world. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, I think to anyone who's not familiar with this, this might seem like implausibly insane, um, but it is unfortunately like this. Yeah, um, the thing you have to understand is that there's not a lot, there's way more people who need help than there are people signing up to help them at any given time. And right. unfortunately, that this can be the result of that dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how this started, but the fact that like California has private businesses handling like a exactly. crucial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same in Washington state as well. Um, it might be like that in even more states. I don't know. But uh, this is an established like system of taking care of developmentally disabled adults when really there should be a lot more care given. Um, but anyway, so she has me cold calling people that work at universities to do a 14 dollar an hour job. Um, and I just become her fucking hiring manager, but I'm still making $14 an hour, which is the minimum wage at the time. And uh, the rest of the house is kind of starting to decline a little bit in the cleanliness because there's only one person who's taking care of five people. Um, and it gets worse from there. So she's like, okay, so whenever you are like arranging interviews with people, anyone with a pulse that wants to show up, take them in. And I'm like, okay, um, that seems weird, but okay. Um, and then she's like, um, but try to hire men and try to avoid pregnant women. And I'm thinking, ma'am, that is illegal. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, but I mean, what, what informs the illegality and the cover my ass first mentality? Yeah, no, you get black eyes in this job. You are going to get fucked up by someone that does not know. Uh, well, okay, it's socially maladra and, you know, is developmentally disabled. Very strong sometimes, or does not know one's own strength and, you know, using it this way and that way in a way here, where you're not going to hurt thing. somebody. It is illegal to discriminate against applicants based on pregnancy status in some states. And in all states, it is illegal to discriminate against them on the basis of race, sex, or gender. Uh, Correct. Etc. But you can, it is legal to put into the body of the uh, listing, you have to be physically capable of doing the job. That's legal. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, a woman who is four foot ten and nine months pregnant shows up to interview for the job, she's probably not physically capable of doing it. And if she tried to sue you about that, you would probably win. So that's 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 the thing there. Um, and smart hiring managers are very good at using weasel words to get around that. Exactly. This woman, this woman is a straight dumbass. So <laughs> she is uh, Lucy. You. This is sounds like the dumbest fucking per. Like the. It's it's incredible because yeah, only someone who thinks I'm going to save a dime says you know what. And it's not a bad plan. I'm gonna say this right now: calling a bunch of people with college debt that have PhD level diplomas and stuff isn't That's the bad part of that plan. <laughs> That's not the problem. The problem That's is uh, 
that she is using Lucy and not someone that is trained specifically in a certain type of, of sort of engagement speech. Uh, this is, this is probably like one of the things that jumped into my back. Jake, you and I could probably talk about Matt Fraction in this, but advertising and like interpersonal sales speech and stuff. A lot of people want to work this into every form of life or whatever, but yeah. trying yeah. to, well, to, trying to put the square into the circle with someone like Lucy yeah. is the, this is someone actually handling hands-on care she's she's not doing fucking razzle dazzle and jazz hands trying to upsell some shit and talk about a new and exciting job opportunity especially if she's regularly demoralized if this if this absolute fucking dullard it could see lucy's face every day and <laughs> then like also yeah uh attaboy good job cleaning up all this shit and, and, and doing, doing my weird malicious, uh, and in no way autistic, uh, anti developmentally disabled people, MRE, um, uh, make some sales, put numbers on the board. It, I having done it for a while, it's, it's, it's confounding, but it only leads me to believe that it's absolutely a hundred percent like, this does not exist in fiction. This is just only real. It's it's demoralizing. It's sad, but it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Oh, and the, the illegal labor practices have only just begun here. Hell yes. Um, so I would be cold calling all these people and I was told explicitly like avoid women and especially pregnant women. And the thing is, is like on the one hand, yeah, I do get it. Like sometimes the clients do get physical and, and they have like different like tiers depending on how often that happens in california and this was one of the higher tier houses um so that's definitely a concern but she was also like just being as Liza said really fucking stupid about it because you can't yeah. just like, explicitly I, I don't, do that i don't want to lead you too much but just just to illustrate for people at home what was the layout of the place was it impersonal with individual rooms or is it set up more like a group family home complete with couches and sofas um, so it was set up like, so if you didn't know, it would just seem like somebody's home, which yeah, is exactly. a good way to do it, I think, because, you know, it helps those clients feel more at home. Yeah. Um, and in this one, this was one of the rare cases where everyone had their own room. Um, there have been places that I, where people have had to share rooms. Um, so like, like, have they done shared like bed spaces or shared bunks? I'm not trying to get too, but I've seen the how fucking wacky it gets and it goes all over the place i've seen bunk beds and it's miserable right so it, it, i've never worked in any place that had like that kind of situation um thankfully um and in this one it was like it was a really nice fucking house like i would have killed to live there um but that was the only good part about it um so the process was like anyone with a heartbeat can apply once they do, bring them in to interview them, make some notes, invite them back for a second interview, regardless of if they suck or not. Um, so she's like so desperate trying to hire people that like, even if they're awful at the like first interview and they completely bomb. And by the way, she's having me do these interviews as well. 
instead of having a higher she also seems like i'm assuming she's like very specific in telling you all of these steps like you can't like i'm getting the sense that you couldn't just be like fuck you lady like yeah i'm gonna do this how i want you know like i i could have come up with a better system for doing this but i was doing her system because she's an insane weirdo who thinks that she knows every way to do things um so and the thing is is like the second interview would consist of um, and I had to go through this process too. You would basically like read a bunch of manuals for like four hours, take a test, and then they would make you just work for like two hours. They would not pay you for this. They would just like make you mop a floor to demonstrate that you could mop a floor. Shit That's like that. So illegal, I believe. Yes, yeah, super gotta illegal. Gotta love a working interview. Oh yeah. The thing, yeah. Is, the thing is, Lucy, like, like. Uh, the, the 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 tendency towards the procedural or whatever and like how things are supposed to go in that specific field that's the shit you can get away with it frustrates me specifically i i i wasn't like glibly happy that you had mentioned working in that field my mother had worked in that field before um i think i think it ties into why like in a civilian job i like being someone that follows the rules because like ma did that and she was paying down her college shit doing that and consistently was studying doing college getting punched in the fucking face cleaning up doo-doo cooking people meals like being not just like like we, we talk a lot about paternalism or, or this or that but like there are genuinely uh decent parts of people where you can pin it to yeah, their their sense of as a father or their sense as a mother uh as a mother she her work was was caring for is caring for people it still is uh and she also took time to care for us it was like like anyone else it's not like completely perfect or whatever but that is how much of that energy she had in store for herself and to put out in the world like it's it's like would you do, like was there any guilt with leaving or or how that uh, sort of ended and and if i've gotten too far ahead like it's a real specific industry like working there right so i i'm about to get to that part so a bunch of illegal labor practices i'm being told to just make people like do an hour's worth of work without any compensation to see if they're good at the job which is horseshit um and all just blatantly legal um and it's the same process i went through but like i just kind of ignored it because like i needed a job but whenever i had to be there with someone else doing it i felt miserable because i knew this shouldn't be happening um but that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back either there's a bunch of straws on this camel's fucking back but um towards the end she starts messing with our schedule a lot so um, and I'm sure this is something that a lot of people will leave their jobs over because like having a consistent schedule is something that is just so valuable. So that way you can actually have time to do shit out of work. So we had a really nice schedule where we worked. I think it was three days a week and we did three 12 hour shifts, which in this field is legal to do. Um, so we would do three 12 hour shifts. Um, and then the rest of the week we had off. And it was really nice because like having a weekend for most of the week was really nice to us. Um, 
But then towards the end, like after the pandemic had gone on for about like two years, um, the day program for these clients started opening back up so that way they could leave during the day. So they didn't need really anyone in the house except for but one to do some cleaning or whatever. So she puts us on like a five-day schedule instead, which we're really bummed about because like whenever we signed on, we got agreement to do these like three days and then have the rest of the week off. So it was a major shift. Um, We almost thought about leaving over it. But then it got even more kooky where she decided she wanted me an hour earlier than my partner and the thing is is we were both going in the same car because we were working the same shifts we were kind of a package deal at that point um and we're like okay we'll we'll try this i guess so we would go in and i would work for an hour and then my partner would start work he would just be like in the garage like playing a video game or something on his phone and then we are like okay this this really isn't working out and it doesn't make any sense uh, we don't want to do this. And she's like, okay, what if I helped you guys buy another car? And I'm thinking, and this is after like the inflation for car prices had like just went up a ton. And I'm just thinking, okay, it does not make sense for us to buy a second car just so I can work an hour earlier than he does. And eventually she decides she's going to have us work completely different shifts and we're like, okay, we're going to, and my partner and I are thinking, okay, well, we're going to look for a different job. Um, so we go into work one day and uh, we get like into a sudden disciplinary meeting that we weren't expecting because something wasn't clean enough, which um, another insane part about this woman is like, whenever she would do cleaning, she would do it in the least sensical way ever. She did not have any traditional cleaning products except for like, well, actually she just didn't have any traditional cleaning products. So instead of having like a, like a spray bottle of cleaner that you would use to like clean surfaces with, what she would have you do is she would have you take um, an industrial sized jug of soap, which I'm pretty sure was just hand soap. And she would have you use a sponge to clean every single surface. Um, Or not even a sponge, you would use like a rag. And you were only supposed to use like three rags during a shift. Um, which is just, it's not a sensical way to clean things because like there's easier spray cleaners and like paper towels and stuff that can make this a lot less of a hassle and also keep things a little bit cleaner than just hand soap and a rag. Um, and she would also do really odd shit. Like she would, she would, she would, uh, she had this activated charcoal powder that she would dust all over the ground. So she would put this activated charcoal powder on the um, wood and tile floors. So there was just like, you would go into the bathroom where there's a tile floor and she would have had activated charcoal, just like black on this white tile, (laughs) which activated charcoal doesn't do anything to clean at all, to my knowledge. Like it's not a cleaning agent. It's it's something that you use like in an emergency um, for like medical care. So she's literally just making the bathroom dirtier for me to clean with one rag I'm allowed to use, Mm. um, which just makes zero sense. And then she complains that things aren't clean enough. Um, And Mm. this was another thing where like, she told us that one of the overnights was complaining that we weren't doing our jobs. And the thing is the overnights, everyone's fucking asleep. So you can do some cleaning. 
but she would not expect the overnights to do anything. She would just let them sleep too. Um, whereas we had to get all this stuff done as well as, you know, cooking for everyone and getting them off to bed and everything. So we find out from the overnight person, he didn't actually complain about this. And then our supervisor who is just barely getting paid more than us is like, oh yeah, she's lying about this. So I go in one day and I'm drugged into a disciplinary hearing where they have a laptop set up in the garage and she is talking remotely. Um, and I didn't know that she was like on. So my supervisor's like, hey, this is what we're doing about. And I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about just like putting in my two weeks. And she overhears me on this call that I didn't know she was already on. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were like thinking about quitting. I'm like, yeah. Um, so later that day, um, Yo, politely, politely, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, okay, continue as you were. Yeah, so like my supervisor's there in person and he's like in front of this laptop and I didn't know she was already like on this call where she's going to be talking to me. Um, so that, ball, that, that bombshell is dropped. And then later on in that day, she calls my partner and she's like, I can't believe you two are thinking about leaving. I've done so much for you. And then he's just fucking had it. And I was like, okay, let's like look for some jobs and then put in a two weeks. And he's like, okay, I guess we can do that. And then she managed to get him pissed off on the phone, berating him about thinking about leaving, that he decides he's going to quit right after that shift. Mm. So like we had had an agreement, like I will find a new place. And then when I find a new place, I'll give you my two weeks. So that way you have time to look for people. I mean, that's I have fair. time to look for a job. That, that, I mean, honestly, that's fair enough amicable situation so it's very courteous yeah and it could have been very amicable but she managed to make the whole situation worse in one day that we left and never came back holy shit and the thing is is like i learned later that so my partner goes on to a much more reputable company that's doing a lot better um and he finds out that the place that we used to work at exploded because all of their people are going to apply there at once mm. so i'm i'm not even sure if she's still in business but basically like everyone left once like our supervisor he left immediately after too so uh. basically we have a small business tyrant in a field that's not regulated nearly enough doing a bunch of illegal shit and then getting like surprised when people leave because they're getting paid dog shit wages typical i mean, I mean a- that is classic comeuppance i it's i can i wish i could say i knew any i know precisely one small business owner that has not fallen into that horrible narrative of small no business no ownership. no because the thought that happens is immediately in the back of my head now if someone might not know uh intimately the way lucy knows her boss is stupid but when outlining these things and the way in which it happens, and then the number of people leaving at once, doesn't take a fucking scientist to realize someone thinks someone is going to be culpable for whatever illegal actions are happening there. Yo, fucking rats are leaving the sinking ship. It's as simple as. It's, it's very, well, it's it very shitty, like- but at the same time, uh it's one of the better outcomes in that people come to their senses and uh 
They get the fuck out while the getting is good. The people that lose are the people in the care of, uh, of that service. And it's commoditized in such an ugly way. I don't, God, I will just be ranting about that shit, but I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely ecstatic you shared that. That's so fucked up, man. I, I'm I'm not cutting you off. I, I want you to finish, but I'm like, just... I mean that that's about the long and the short of it. Like, wow. um, yeah, it well, sounds like again, too. like there I mean... are there are reputable companies in this industry. It's just right. that like since the oversight isn't good enough, there are bad actors that are in this it's, arena. It's like many it's like many privatized arenas. People go through development or whatever housing programs, halfway housing, developmentally disabled housing, all types of like like post addiction stuff. Like all of the all of those areas of mental health are susceptible to that level of of um malfeasance malfeasance and variety like there are good orgs that get people care that they need etc at the same time there are people like lucy's boss who is a woman apparently a single of like a a, like a fucking slumlord almost like like operating out of a bm an airbnb that that was being rented and then hiring presumably like were you getting paid in cash were you getting paid through an llc like um, so we like, actually were getting paid like um, direct deposit from an LLC. So that part was legitimate at least. I see, but, but even the fact that it could be set up in, su- in such a way where that part is legitimate, but the rest is such a fuck show is like a testament to how messed up the organization is. Yeah. And I mean, like there are just a few, a handful of changes could have made that a much more functional place for both the employees and also the people who have to live there every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so ugly. It, it, it's definitely the American individualist impulse to say a state-run yeah. system at the uh, end could, of the day... could never match the care of, of privately owned institutions. Right, and, 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 and that's the care. The Lucy's boss is that is that's yeah, the care. Yeah. That's the level of care. And yeah. it, it, what's so Rags fucked up is what's so fucked up is people that that uh, intellectually are not cognizant of of the ways in which they're being let down uh and they're paying the price uh unabashed cruelty but you know where the fuck are you i once quit a job uh spitefully by changing the entire workings of the office to a system that no one working there And then I quit. Yes, yes. That's the way to do it. Oh, God. Um, I also once trashed an apartment when moving out because the landlord was such a piece of shit. He was a he was a slumlord, so I trashed the place. And in both of these instances, two of my friends ended up benefiting directly from my uh, malevolent actions um, because I didn't trash the apartment to the point where it was going to be difficult to clean. I just trashed it to the point where it looked like it was going to be difficult to clean. And then one of my friends got a really good deal on moving in because they said that they were going to clean it up. And in the case of the uh, the office, I switched everything to, to Google Office because it was running on fucking Thunderbird. Like literally wow. shit that was 20 that years out of date. Time. 10 years ago right yeah well some people yeah they do that just because it's like their little shtick oh they were they were old the people running this place were like 
very old not even boomers silent generation yes so so one of my friends uh was completely proficient in running this new office system and was able to get work um that i had that i had quit so if if you're going to quit a job in a nasty way um you can put a little little top hat on it by making sure that it benefits someone else on your way out that's true there's a lot of serendipitous moments in life. Damn. Most of the jobs I've quit have Fast been because people. the small business owner was insane. I've never met a small business owner that had their shit together mentally. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe if I ever own a small business, I will understand where they're coming from. But mostly a... they, they just seem to be like very stupid and incompetent people. Like, like you're well, multifaceted. That's true. There is there is one sort of pull of this the sort of small business owner or whatever. Like I've thought about this even with monetizing whatever and whatever with this pod or like long term for myself individually. Like once you become a business, you become a brand, you move forward with that or whatever. You become a tiny bureaucracy now, don't you? Especially if you're someone that don't represent yourself. I don't think I will myself so, because yeah. I know my ceiling. I'm I'm a I'm of a coin flip on the decision of whether or not to get an agent or do this or that in that field or another. I don't mind my results doing everything on my terms and aligning with the people I do. That said, if someone could take out 40% of what I commit my fucking brain to, and I want a percentage that we negotiate out one together with one another. Fuck, man. Uh, but then, yeah, yeah no. It's, it's, all, it's all a matter of compromise. So I mentioned earlier, I think I know one sane small business owner, and I don't even know if sane, like, I don't know if he would qualify himself as sane, but he's one that I know characteristically has um, not a greedy heart let's say let's put it that way the only Fair. one i can think of okay that i that i would personally and i actually interviewed him for a school project recently <sighs> and he said to me pretty much verbatim i went from he's like i i started my business because i wanted to be my own boss mm. instead now i have 25 bosses and they're all the people that work for me and so like that's the best attitude you could have about it probably um okay i i would say that sounds a little too close to an affect and a mantra for my taste. No dunk oh, on your friend. No smoke. Clear. He, he was, could be cool. He was I, trying I'm to not saying he's the devil. Very, he was trying to summarize a very complicated process in his life. I am a pessim I am a pessimistic and uncharitable so, person. So the fact that I just <laughs> well, thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Garden Podcast. A little PSA while we walk out the door here. Um, please uh, re-up your life insurance, uh, check your benefactors, um, your beneficiaries, make sure you have primary, secondary beneficiaries. Set. Tell them to you rate the, the podcast on iTunes. Rate the podcast on iTunes. On iTunes. Like Not hire. Use, be honest. Feel your feel what's inside and rate Leave a review on an Apple product. Leave even a criticism. I, I, even though I fucking Only. hate Apple. If but just do it for us. Don't, Forget about don't me. Don't put criticisms if you email in. Uh, I believe it's bigironpodcast.gmail.com. Yeah. 
and uh let's let it let me, take me out jake